honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on thesportstuff.com and also brought to you by the Oddman Media Network. Here are your hosts, Paladino Joey and Marcus the Forecaster. Hello again, Timberwolves fans. Are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Timberwolves Explosion is available on the sportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Great to have you on board once again today. Well, it's Thursday morning in this case. Uh, <laughs> it's very dark, very uh, dank out there, but the sun is shining very bright in Minnesota today. Because, ladies and gentlemen, Tom Thibodeau is your new head coach and president of Basketball Operations. Glenn Taylor was not messing around. Well, ultimately, Scott Layden also added as general manager. So, Milton Newton, hopefully hopefully for his sake, and, you know, I think he did a good job, could stay on somehow, way in the organization. Maybe as assistant general manager, which Scott Layden was of the San Antonio Spurs most recently. In fact, last well, this up until this moment here. So here we go. Uh, five years, $10 million. Uh, when you combine the two together, it's believed that uh, Thibodeau is five years, $40 million. That's just incredible. Massive contract. As much as like, like the Phil Jacksons of the world, way up there at the top. So he's basically the Wolves version of Phil Jackson at this case. Uh, ultimately, but he's also the head coach, you know. So, yeah, it's going to be very interesting. You have a guy to run the daily operations in the front office in Scott Layden, and, of course, Thibodeau has final say on everything. There you go. Yep, quite the veteran head coach in the, or quite the veteran coach in basketball, going all the way back to college as well into the 80s. And, of course, at the end of the 80s, he joined a certain franchise to start off his career. The franchise started their first season in 1989. Do you notice a connection? Because only two franchises started in 89. Because in 1988, Charlotte Hornets and Miami Heat started their franchises. And then in 89, there was the Orlando Magic and, well, there was one other team called the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, uh, one of the assistant coaches under Mr. Bill Musselman, the great Bill Musselman, gopher coach, and of course a nice starter, outer for the Minnesota Timberwolves despite the fact he maybe gave us a little too many wins and damaged our uh, draft pick positioning. But a certain guy by the name of Tom Thibodeau was also an assistant coach on that club. Well, there you go. There you go. Looks like, I don't know if you, I mean, it's like a mix of Jerry Seinfeld, Dino Cicerelli, you know, that look. He kind of looked a little different back then. You know, some of the other, some of the actors in that time and, you know, in the, Story on the shows like Cheers, Ben Matlock, you know, stuff like that. Ben Matlock, you know, Matlock, you know, shows like that back in the in the late 80s and such. He kind of had that look, you know, the long hair. Looked like maybe Cam Neely even. I mean, you know, like a hockey player. Looked a lot like a hockey player or even like, uh, you know, like I said, Jerry Seinfeld, guys like that. So Tom Thibodeau's coaching career history. Well, everything started in 1981, just like Scott Layden started in front offices in 1981. Just incredible uh, history there. Michael Jordan graduated high school in 1981. So, again, there you go. Uh, Thomas, Tom Thibodeau, three years younger than Flip Saunders, born in New Britain, Connecticut, as of January 17th, 1958. (laughs) You like that? You like that? Uh, He went to Salem State in college, 1977 to 81. There you go. Rock and roll there. And then was an assistant coach immediately after that, from 1981 to 1984, with Salem State, was the head coach 
of Salem State in 84-85. And then at Harvard, an assistant coach from 85 to 89. The Minnesota Timberwolves under Bill Musselman, William Musselman, <laughs> sorry, the father of also Eric Musselman out there, who I, I think, you know, is a nice coach. I, I thought he was underrated and mistreated in in, uh, in in the NBA under Sacramento and, of course, Golden State. I like Eric Musselman. I thought he did a good job, especially in Golden State uh, years ago. I, I don't know why no one seemed to like him as an NBA coach. He could also be a good assistant, but now he's in college, so rock and roll. We'll worry about that at some other time. But uh, this guy... You know what this guy uh, spells to me when you look at how long he was an assistant coach? Because he was an assistant coach in the NBA from 89 to 2010. That is just unbelievable when you consider how long he was. He had to wait, how long he developed as an assistant coach, and how many good coaches he coached under. Tom Thibodeau, in a lot of ways, is the NBA's version of Mike Zimmer. That's right, Mike Zimmer. He, he really reminds me of that uh, when, you, when you consider things. Assistant coach, developed, defensive-minded, tough, you know, all that good stuff. Maybe a little bit meaner than Mike Zimmer, but then again, Zimmer can be tough, uh, can be tough as well. But uh, maybe Zimmer's a little bit, little bit better with the media, a little bit, but I don't know. We'll just worry about it when the time comes. Uh, I don't think uh, Thibodeau's a bad guy at all, though, ultimately. So, yes, Minnesota Timberwolves assistant under Bill Musselman, 89-91. to 91. San Antonio Spurs, that was under Bob Hill, I do believe, or was it John Lucas? Uh, 92, 94, that was John Lucas around that time, not Hill until later on. Hill was the guy before, yep, 94 through uh, through uh, 97-ish when Popovich took over. Um, but yeah, that's when he was with the Spurs, Philadelphia 76ers, 94 to 96. That was before Iris, and that was when the Sixers really sucked, and they kind of really suck again. New York Knicks under Mr. Van Gundy, ultimately, uh, most of the time anyway. 96 and 94. Yeah, Van Gundy was there for a long time. That's, of course, the guy who I believe finished second in the uh, whole head coach and uh, president of basketball operations. I think Van Gundy had a little more flip in him when it came to president of basketball, but that's just me. Um, well, probably isn't just me. I know Marlena out there liked him a lot. Uh, we really both were pretty two of the biggest supporters probably out there on Facebook and such that I know of on the There's Flips Army and, of course, the Timberwolves Explosions page, of course, out there that are, in my mind, the most prominent uh, Timberwolves pages. <laughs> my two favorite ones, we'll say. <laughs> I, I'd better like my own page, huh? Uh, that, of course, supports this podcast. as the whole point of its existence. But yes, he worked under Jeff Van Gundy. So there you go. And then he continued under Jeff Van Gundy with the Houston Sprockets, where uh, Steve Francis did what he did, just went ape bleep, and, yeah, wasn't really the best uh, guy to coach, I suppose, uh, with the Sprockets. Um, there you go. And under the Boston Celtics, under Mr. Doc Rivers, a phenomenal uh, defensive coordinator over the course of time. That's basically what he was, particularly later on. Uh, the Knicks always had good defense back in the day. Now, yeah, <laughs> the Knicks in defense, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic defense by the Knicks. But, of course, it improved a little bit under Mike Woodson. But, yeah, well, um, Mike Woodson's kind of more like Leslie Frazier, kind of quiet, mild-mannered guy that, Probably he's more of an assistant, like a really good assistant than a head coach. Where this guy, Mr. Uh, Tom Thibodeau, maybe a little bit too 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 into everything, a little bit too hardcore, and that may have hurt his chances of being a head coach for the longest time. Again, sounds like Mike Zimmer to me. But then ultimately hired by the Chicago Bulls in 2010 and led the Bulls to the best record in the National Basketball Association with 62 victories. And then the uh, lockout shortened season, 50 and 16 the next year, 62 and 20 again with uh, Mr. Uh, 
Mr. Derrick Rose, MVP of the league that year. The Bulls were just unbelievable. And I kind of thought the Bulls were going to win the championship. And the next year, we, me and Marcus the Forecaster picked the Bulls to win the championship. Yes, uh, I remember on the Timberwolves explosion at the time. Me and Forecaster picked the Bulls to win the championship. But then Derrick Rose in game one. Bulls were looking all right. They ended up winning the first game. But as Derrick Rose was pulling up aggressively late in the game for a, uh, well, it was a pull-up jumper, his knee buckled. Uh, kind of a weird freak accident there. For Mr. Uh, Derrick Rose and his knee buckled and that was it. And it took almost two years for him to come back. To this day, I have no idea why it took that long. But it is what it is. And Derrick Rose has never been the same as a player. And I think his attitude's never been the same either. Like him and Jimmy Butler, kind of jealous of Butler. Uh, the Bulls overachieved without Mr. Derrick Rose. And of course, really helped Nate Robinson become a stud uh, under him. Don't know why Why every franchise has had Nate Robinson seem to let him go. After uh, I, I really don't know. Very valuable guy. Um, but the uh, the Bulls, again, overachieved with, with a diminished roster. Because Noah seemed to always have something going on, like plantar fasciitis, stuff like that. Joe Kim Noah, of course. And, a, you know, a bunch of decent role players like Taj Gibson and such. And Butler was just developing early on there. Uh, but the Bulls, again, overachieved, like I've said, 16 times under uh, Tom Thibodeau over the course of time. Got, got out of the first round in 2012-2013 and made things interesting in the second round there. But ultimately, that's where they, <laughs> that's where the farther they got. The next year, they lost in the first round again. 13-14 after 48 and 34 season. Again, Rose just kind of in and out of the season. And then last year, Rose, decent, finally. Not last, yeah, 2014-2015. Rose, finally, yeah, decent, back in the mix again. But but feuding with uh, Jimmy Butler, kind of quietly feuding with him. And the Bulls finished 50-32, and 32, but lost in the second round again. And the Bulls, therefore, made the change. And they basically turned Tom Thibodeau into Beelzebub, Satan. I don't know what they wanted him to be, but they just... <laughs> They absolutely uh, sabotaged any hope for Tom Thibodeau to get hired anytime soon with the way they just trashed him nonstop in the media for, for, about, a, for about a week there. And, and it was embarrassing, trashing him on the website and such, on the Bulls' website, basically saying he'd run the players into the ground, which you've heard a billion times, the run into the ground bit. Um, just uh, no respect for management, this, that. It was just a absolute, uh, absolute blackballing the Chicago Bulls did to Tom Thibodeau, and Thibodeau then sat out because his contract wasn't up, and sat out a year. Flip Saunders was interested in him, but ultimately, the Bulls would not allow the, the Bulls would not allow Flip to interview him, which was kind of ridiculous. But at the same time, Flip Saunders did have some concerns about the run into the ground thing. But who knows? Maybe ultimately, Flip Saunders would have made the move if given the opportunity. And of course, Flip then of course ended up coaching. Well. <laughs> Flip ultimately ended up coaching the team during Thibodeau's last year, but obviously that doesn't matter. Uh, it, uh, Flip Saunders ultimately ended up, well, deciding he was going to stay the coach because he had no choice. And, yeah, we all know what happened to Flip, unfortunately. Nobody could have expected that in a million years, and that was a huge shame, ultimately. Uh, ultimately, Thibodeau thought of, uh, Boston Globe called him one of the many misconceptions about Thibodeau is that he's strictly a defensive specialist and that Jeff Van Gundy hired Thibodeau because he was drawn to his innovative offensive sets and player development skills. So player development as well, that's a very good thing. And that was Boston Globe when um, Thibodeau was, was getting hired at the time by the Chicago Bulls. So very, very, uh, very exciting ultimately there. Thibodeau had a statement here. Ultimately, uh, when getting uh, when, when the Wolves and the 
Tim, when the Wolves and Tom Thibodeau came to a deal. Pardon me, I'm stumbling over myself. I apologize. Kind of excited and kind of too much coming at once here. Uh, he says, I, st- I started my career with my NBA career with the Minnesota Timberwolves, and it is an incredible opportunity to rejoin the organization at a time when they have what I believe to be the best young roster in the NBA, together with a great owner in Glenn Taylor. Hmm, well, yeah, yeah, he's, he's a generous owner and a terrific basketball partner. It's Scott Layden. I look forward to building a winning culture that Minnesota fans, Minnesota sports fans can be proud of. And thank you very much, Mr. Tom Thibodeau, and welcome aboard. Welcome aboard, Tom Thibodeau. Isn't that cool? <laughs> yeah, uh, he really did want this job. There's no doubt about it. And that, again, tells me why Glenn Taylor just pulled the plug like that. I mean, we're done. Sorry, I'm a Sam. God bless you. Thank you very much for a very nice, uh, very nice job. In such a difficult circumstance, guys did develop under Sam Mitchell. Uh, always a high IQ player on the court. I always thought he'd make a nice NBA coach and minimum a great assistant. And I hope Tom Thibodeau considers Sam Mitchell uh, for an assistant coaching job. If Sam does not get a head coaching job, as he interviewed with the Sacramento Kings yesterday. God bless Sam Mitchell, and I would love to see him get that job. Uh, it would be a bummer to have to be against him, but hey, man, if, if he gets to be a head coach and move to Northern California, all right. Uh, it's not the Bay Area. It's more kind of the farming area. It's nice and warm there, though. I would like that warm and dry. Sacramento would probably be a nice place to live. I mean, I, I got to think. I've never been there, but just seeing what I've seen, and it's fairly close to Lake Tahoe, all that, sounds just like a beautiful place, ultimately, though it is a little bit of a Hickville in comparison to the Bay Area, which, yeah, I think I'll take Hickville over the Bay Area. That's just that's just the way I think, I suppose. My mindset is a little more Hickville than Bay Area anyway. <laughs> Not into all that crowds and all that other, yeah, it's too much. Uh, where am I going with this one? Well, uh, Scott Layden, the other guy acquired in the whole situation. Part of me, I'm trying not to cough again. <laughs> just so my mouth gets dry when I get all excited. Scott and Layden, a Brooklyn, New York native, born in 1959. So same generation as Thomas, Tom Thibodeau. And pretty much flips honors as well. And other guys like that. Uh, he was, he's currently, obviously, now the general manager of the Timberwolves. He's the son of former coach and general manager of the Jazz, Frank Layden. And a graduate of St. Francis University. Ultimately, there uh, he had a he, he's had a run over the course of time. General manager of the New York Knicks, executive vice president with the Knicks from '99 to 2001. Seemed like nobody lasts too long there, but he was ultimately the general manager of the organization from '01 to '03. And of course, his successor was Isaiah Thomas. That did not uh, work out too well for the Knicks after that. When Frank went Frank Layden, I just called him Frank Layden. Scott Layden was the general manager of the Knicks. That was a, one of their one of their peaks. Ultimately, they went to the finals and such. Lots of strong uh, success there. Made a very uh, uh, controversial transaction in acquiring Latrell Sprewell after the whole choke gate and such <laughs> with B.J. Carlissimo. That's ultimately where that took place. But Sprewell, after his calendar year suspension, wound up with the Knicks. And then, of course, Isaiah Thomas, not long later, took over. A pretty illustrious career also for Scott Layton over the course of time. He's been all over the place. Uh, He's been with the Mavericks. He's been with the the Spurs. He's been everywhere. Uh, It's kind of a mess here. When you look at it, Blazers, uh, he's been, man, I mean, it's unbelievable when you look at how illustrious his career has been. But ultimately, his, his peak time was with the Knicks, and he also worked with Jeff Van Gundy. See, like a lot of these guys work together, and of course he was the general manager when um, 
when Tom Thibodeau was the assistant coach with the Knicks under Jeff Van Gundy. So it's all kind of a, a big web here. Just imagine if Van Gundy was the president and Thibodeau was the coach. That'd be something, wouldn't it? And then Layden's the GM. Wow, that's a dream team right there, isn't it? When you think about it. But it's going to be pretty cool. It's going to be pretty cool with the future. So ultimately, let's get to my thoughts of the whole thing rather than me bouncing all over and digging through this and digging through that because it seems like <laughs> it seems like it's a little bit much. And at the same time, stuff is just never where you want it to be. Uh, the Lakers had their chance at Tom Thibodeau as well, and I know Vince Germano's not too happy about that. Hopefully they can make a move. I mean, maybe they should get Jeff Van Gundy. Uh, Scott Brooks probably is going to wind up with the Wizards. It seems like he's been their number one guy from the get-go. Or they could get Sam Mitchell. No, I don't know if he wants to do that or not. Uh, he, they, they probably need a bigger name like a Van Gundy, somebody like that. Don't get George Carl. I think George Carl, by the way, is done. Um, I would not get George Carl. I think... I think that's it. It's 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 getting rough. He's 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 had a nice career. He's had a lot of success. It seemed like everywhere he went got better, but it's kind of getting to that point like it got with Rick Adelman, and even the Lenny Wilkins out there where it's just time to step away. It's it's time for George Carl to step away. Uh, Larry Brown is the other name I was thinking about as well with George Carl. I think that's it. Um, we'll see what happens though. He's he's another lifer out there, and the good news is Tom Thibodeau has definitely been a lifer with the NBA. Unlike the David Kahn's of the world who came in thinking he could do whatever he wants just because he writes a, just because he wrote sports columns over the course of his career. A sports writer, somehow he's a genius uh, being a general manager in the NBA. It's like, I don't know, our president of basketball operations, all that. I'm not sure if that was a good idea. Uh, ultimately, though, with Thibodeau, I love the defensive mindedness he brings, the accountability and such. And obviously, he's only coached, as a, he's, he's only been a head coach in one place. But he took a team that was improving and guided them to 60-win seasons. Freak accident for Derrick Rose. I truly doubt that was Tom Thibodeau's fault. Uh, playing a young guy an extended period of time is nothing new, ultimately. So, I mean, a, a, a lot of young stars out there got a lot of minutes in their early career. It doesn't mean that it's, they're necessarily getting run into the ground. It's just you're playing a guy because he's your best player and he's young and he doesn't necessarily need a big break all the time. Tim Duncan led the NBA in minutes during the course of about the first seven years of his career under Mr. Greg Popovich, and then Popovich sat him down. Where I think uh, sat him down more often later on after that. And look at Tim Duncan now at age 39. He's got more my he's got he's got a, he's, he's got more. Miles available, more tread on the tire than Kevin Garnett. That's for damn sure. And that's not a complaint at Kevin Garnett. It's just what it is. A lot more miles, or a lot more tread on the tire than Garnett. Still a legitimate starter in the league that can play a decent amount of time and give you a decent contribution without ultimately having to sit out the remainder of the season because his knee's too sore. And that's kind of what's taken place with Garnett the last two years. <laughs> with that said, talk is that Garnett's going to return for his 22nd season, which I'm sure... A lot of the younger and older Wolves fans that are, you know, I don't know if they're, if they're Kool-Aid or just Die Hard or what it is, but they're all excited about it. But obviously Garnett will be the first player in NBA history to play 22 seasons, and there's a reason why nobody else has played 22 years. Because you're on life support. I mean, 22 years in the NBA, <laughs> you're on life support, man. There's, like, almost no point. He's gonna, not going to get really any time out there, and when he does play... It's going to be extremely limited because because the soreness is going to kick in right away. I mean, nobody's body can hold out that long. That's just how it is. And Garnett's not necessarily Cal Ripken Jr. out there. And even Ripken eventually broke down in baseball as well. So it, it is what it is. Um, 
<laughs> so again, getting the uh, aggressive defensive approach from Tom Thibodeau can't hurt this organization in any way, shape, or form. Andrew Wiggins, I think you're going to see an improved defense out of him. You're going to see more accountability out of him. Tom Thibodeau, I believe, is smart enough that he'll be able to figure out a way to coach Andrew Wiggins the proper way. He's educated enough in the NBA how to treat players differently, and that's been the talk as well. He's not going to be just fire and brimstone, as that's kind of like a reputation that people may think Tom Thibodeau has because the Bulls basically forced that reputation out there saying this is who he is. He's just going to burn people out. But uh, ultimately, he does understand that certain players get treated differently, mostly because of personalities and such. And of course, certain stars get treated differently than uh, a young guy that hasn't really earned it yet, that type of thing. Maybe like a Muhammad who hasn't really earned the star treatment yet, unfortunately. Stuff like that. And of course, the new rookie that comes in and such. A, a role player is a role player, a star is a star. And you can't just lash out and, and trash a star every single practice. Maybe here and there, once in a while, saying, I need more out of you, that type of thing. And I think Tom Thibodeau will get the best out of Andrew Wiggins. With all that said, Carl Anthony Towns and Tom Thibodeau, well, <laughs> I think that's going to be a wonderful marriage. Uh, I really do. You're going to see Carl Anthony Towns average over two blocks a game next year, I, I think. Maybe even three. You're going to see a lot of shots. Like you're going to see Gargie Zhang. Average over two blocks a game. You're going to see the rebounds continue to improve under Gorgie. If there's any reason Gorgie and Tom Thibodeau don't mix, I'm going to be very surprised. Uh, Sam Mitchell got a lot out of out of uh, Gorgie Zheng this year. And it was pretty cool what he said in an interview with uh, Darren Doogie Wolfson on the Scoop podcast. Ultimately, again, does not need a shout-out from me. I wish he'd shout-out to me, though. But <laughs> you get the idea. Uh, he said that we got more out of Gorgie by asking him to do less. By asking him to do less, you get more because when you're not asking Gorgie to average 15 points a game and you know pull up jumpers and, and make, make certain plays and stuff be a focal point in the offense, then all of a sudden his rebounding went way up and his defense continued to improve. And then he'd get these aggressive hustle points and such and these athletic plays that would pop up here and there because he'd be open. Stuff like that, when you're not focusing on him constantly, constantly giving him the ball, Gorgie's uh, development in the NBA, very valuable. He's the kind of guy that, in, in a lot of ways, when I was uh, when I was like in eighth grade, I don't know if you really care, but I'm just saying, when my skills were not really offensive at the time, and the coach just asked me simply rebound and, and play defense, and boy, I, I got my value went way up, and I was, a, I was a starter. I went from a backup to a starter at that stage. So it was things like that. That's where Gorgie reminds me of myself in that sense out there. Really like what Gorgie Zhang brought to this team. And I think Tom Thibodeau and Gorgie will be a wonderful relationship. R- Rubio, I could see Rubio and Thibodeau working out too. I mean, Rubio's a defensive-minded guy. Uh, obviously, he could learn a lot from Thibodeau as well. With the, and, of course, the player development skills. I mean, you're going to see Levine and such. Maybe his defense will get better. Maybe it won't. Who knows? And if it doesn't get better, you're going to see a rift. And you may see uh, Tom Thibodeau go in a different direction. Guys like Muhammad and Levine, I think you're going to see a decision from Tom Thibodeau at some stage here where one of those two will get traded. It's probably Muhammad, ultimately, unless he ends up being a wonderful super sub for the Wolves. Don't be surprised if Muhammad is traded, particularly because of this draft coming in. And I don't necessarily mean this summer. It could be next summer. But, again, the possibility exists because you bring in a brand new president of basketball operations. There's a pretty good chance somebody is going to get traded. And it's like, no disrespect. It's just 
a better fit going in a different direction for this particular coach and president of basketball operations. So that may be the thought process coming in with Thomas Joseph Thibodeau Jr. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I had to say that. Uh, that may be the that may be the approach coming in though. I mean Flip Flip Saunders made some moves when he came in. He didn't come in again. He didn't come in uh, fire and brimstone or anything. Not necessarily that Thibodeau will, but you'll, you might see it here and there just because. And, of course, Thibodeau is the kind of guy that learns and stuff from mistakes that did take place in in uh, that did take place in Chicago. Um, he's going to learn from mistakes. I don't think he's Kurt Rambis again where everybody's like, oh, he learned from his mistakes in Los Angeles. And he came here and he was the same bullshit that he was in L.A. In fact, I think he was worse. Oh boy, should I get on a rant also that Phil Jackson said uh, that Mr. Uh, Kurt Rambis is his guy at head coach. Oh, Knicks fans. Oh, Philip Brown, if you're listening. Philip Brown. Oh, oh, I feel for you. Really? Kurt Rambis is the guy? Yeah, Tom Thibodeau. Could you imagine Tom Thibodeau's coach of the Knicks? But then again, he'd probably be miserable there after about two, three years. He'd be, if you're going to be hearing a lot of cursing from Tom Thibodeau in Chicago, you hear ten times more cursing in New York the way that thing's going. Oh. If they gave him a chance, though, boy, he could make that team probably. He could really change that team in about two years, I'm sure. But coming to this young, developing team this time around, I think it's going to be a beautiful thing. And, of course, you got Layden again to help out with the everyday uh, personnel decisions and such. Very exciting times here in Minnesota. Again, Van Gundy was my first choice as president. But as coach, Thibodeau, hey, man, I mean, he's, he, he's the best coach available, without a doubt. And it's just an absolute thrill to think that we're a destination. <laughs> Minnesota, Target Center is a destination. Sit back and enjoy. Just sit back and enjoy. Just take it all in right now. Just just take it in. We're, we're a destination. We're a destination. I, I, I can't believe I'm even saying that. Years ago, just two years ago, or was it three years ago, when Flip Saunders took over the organization because David Kahn was, well, wisely let go. Because Glenn Taylor realized, yeah, this is not going in the right direction. Regardless if we won a couple more games than we did when Kurt Rambis was the coach. Things were not going in the right direction, and David Kahn made too many mistakes. So Flip came in, and that was just, in a lot of ways, that was lucky. I mean, it was very lucky because Glenn Taylor was going in his comfort zone, and that comfort guy ended up being a fantastic GM ultimately. So that was what helped save this franchise. Flip Sounders saved the Timberwolves, without a doubt. And then Thibodeau now can uh, take the reins, now that the job is, uh, well, it's it's a need. <laughs> There's help wanted, and now, ultimately, the help has been taken, and let's take this forward, Mr. Tom Thibodeau. And that's the case here. The Wolves got so lucky when Flip Sounders took over for David Kahn, because it could have, just imagine just about anybody else taking over the team at the time. Tom Thibodeau would have never came here, without a doubt. Uh, Kevin Love was unhappy, but wasn't going to get traded yet. It wasn't anything, he hadn't, didn't manage to trade yet, but he was already unhappy. Rubio was oft injured, and there was, again, so many mistakes over the course of that period of time. Wesley Johnson, all these dumb moves. Uh, Kirilenko, big guy, expensive contract that luckily he opted out of, this and that. <clears throat> Flip Saunders coming in, saving the franchise in so many ways. And now, here we are, two years later. Just stunned, shocked at how much better things are. Three years later, ultimately, at how much better everything is. And again, now we're a destination. That's in three years' time. Absolutely nuts. Wow. So let's let's stop. I'm gonna I'm bouncing way too much. I'm going crazy. Let's talk about the NBA playoffs and then get to you guys out there, your fan reaction to this hiring and other talks about the Timberwolves as well. 
destination. Wow. I, I still can't believe it. The Minnesota Timberwolves are a destination team. My, my, my. It's segment number two, and it's time to talk about the 2016 NBA playoffs. Should I start in the West? Should I start in the East? Well, I traditionally start in the East, and you know what? I've always liked the Eastern Conference more than the Western Conference. Do you know why? Do you know why I like the Eastern Conference more than the Western Conference? Because I hate the Western Conference. I hate the Warriors. I hate the I hate the Rockets. Well, not in, not in 94, 96. They were fun to watch. But, uh, you know, you still want to beat them because they're in your conference. I consider everybody in our conference an enemy, the Western Conference. They're our enemies. You want to get to the finals, you got to beat these guys, and you play them so much. Why would you want to cheer for the Clippers uh, or the or the, or the Portland Trailblazers if you're a Timberwolves fan? Why would you want to cheer for the Warriors? Oh, because they're a great team. you got to get behind them. I don't have to get behind anybody. I, I really don't. Uh, if you have your own free will, you don't have to get behind anybody. Breaking news. Breaking news. The Eastern Conference, I can get behind whoever I want, damn it. I don't have to get behind the Western Conference Warriors or the... Or even the, ah, whatever. I don't even want to keep going. Cleveland Cavaliers up 2-0 against Detroit. Kind of a shame considering this is a first-round matchup. This should be like the East Finals or the second round at least. Detroit's really good. And Stan Van Gundy, there you go. There's an example of a president of basketball operations and head coach where it was supposed to be from the get-go, where Flip wasn't brought in to be the head coach from the get-go. But, yeah, well. Uh, an example of a successful uh Scenario and of course uh, aggressive changes in the offseason, trading Greg Monroe away and giving Andre Drummond more freedom, and of course Reggie Jackson. What an acquisition for the Detroit Pistons acquiring Reggie Jackson. I mean, wow! How can you not like that guy? He is a stud, absolutely. Game one was fantastic. Game two was good for a long time, the first half or so, and then the Cleveland kind of took over. All you Cavaliers haters out there, you you, you know, I say <laughs> the Cavalier haters out there. You know, you, you, you want to think I'm close-minded not being a Warriors fan? I think maybe you're close-minded a little bit, thinking the Cavaliers aren't even, like, even... They're not even competition for for the Warriors. And you know what? I, I know you're sick and tired of hearing, oh, Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving were out. I'm sick and tired of hearing that, and if they were in, the the Cleveland Cavaliers would win the championship last year. They might have. They might have. I mean, when Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love show up and play at a high level... And LeBron James is LeBron James. That's an extremely good basketball team. Like it or not, it's an extremely good team. 57 wins is still a nice record. Now, it could have been a lot better. I think this Cavaliers team should be a 65-win team. But they're just kind of an inconsistent, oft-injured type of team. And that's what's kind of kept them down a bit. And, of course, they had crappy games like that freaking Warrior game that made me want to puke. I couldn't stand it. Couldn't stand it. Couldn't stand the look on Curry's face in that game. I couldn't stand it. It was just, ooh, I was so pissed off. Uh, I couldn't stand it. And the Cavs, I, I swear I read uh, LeBron after he was hitting the three and had this look in his face. Uh, I swear I read LeBron's face saying, F you, Steph. Except the whole word. I'm sure he said that. He was kind of chuckling, but like, bleep you, man. But anyhow, let's get off that topic. And I apologize. Go Warriors. Good luck. And yeah, they're going to sweep the Rockets. The Rockets suck. They suck. Okay, um, Cavaliers, 107-90 in the second game. They really pulled away, and again, Love and Irving are playing extremely well. Uh, Kyrie Irving is actually leading the team in scoring in the, in, the, in the playoffs right now. Love leading the team in rebounding, and Love had a nice, a gra- nice game. The first game when you saw Love and uh, 
Kyrie Irving really step up and score in the high 20s a piece in that game. When LeBron distributing, rebounding, all that. What a nice what a, what a nice mix when they actually play well together. And it's, it's starting to mesh. You're not hearing the backbiting as much as you did early this season and pretty much all of last season. You're starting to notice that they're getting serious now and let, let's go out there and let's get this done. Don't write off the Cavaliers just yet as a possible super upset in the finals. You, you just don't know. You don't know. And that's not dissing the Warriors. The Warriors should win the finals. They won 73 games. They should win the finals, okay? They should win. But don't discard, don't don't discount the Cavaliers just yet. It's a nice mix. And if the Warriors have a bad game or two or three and the Cavaliers start to get hot and their confidence starts to pick up, anything could happen. Anything is possible, right, Kevin? Anything is possible. What a segue over to the Boston Celtics. A, a similar situation here. Wonderful start. Great first game. Wow, what a nice couple of first-round matchups here. Detroit and Cleveland, and then you get Boston and, and Atlanta. Atlanta, of course, the host team in this one, even though they have the same record. but <laughs> Because three through six have the same freaking record. It's kind of funny. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> A 102-101, unbelievable, epic battle here. And it's nice to see good competitive basketball in the first round because a lot of times you don't. And over in the Western Conference, you're not seeing a whole lot of that. You're, you're seeing some, though. You're seeing some. So Hank McCoy doesn't have to bite my head off like he does every year when I rip the first round. And he's like, oh, shut up, Joey. The first round's been epic. No, <laughs> that type of thing. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, some of the first round's been good, and a lot of it uh, always, I mean, it's not always. This year's better than others, particularly in the East. But, again, Atlanta pulling away in Game 2, 89-72. A yucky, icky, stinky defensive game that the Celtics just stunk in. And, um, I don't know, they're down 2 nothing. The Celtics are down 2 nothing. I'm very kind of surprised by that. I thought the Celtics are going to win this one in 7. They still can. But they haven't won a single game in Atlanta yet, and they better get her going. And they better win all of their home games if they're going to win the series. they got two at home now coming up, April 22nd. Uh, that's, well, getting going here right away here. The Hawks better step it up. They uh, Excuse me, Celtics better step it up. They've been playing like garbage. They played like garbage in that second game. The Hawks just took, took it to them there. A series that's not been so good, Miami and Charlotte. I picked Charlotte to win the series. Shame on me. Miami's kicking their ass. They might win this in four. Why does Charlotte, every time they make the playoffs, you know, as the Bobcats and such, they just, they just, they just die. I mean, they won as many games as the Heat this year. And I, you know, you could never tell that. 123-91, What? What's going on here? And Wade had 28 points in that second game. And it's really nice to see Wade playing as well as he has been. Walker had a 29-point performance in game number two when the Hornets were significantly more competitive, but still the Heat with a pretty significant victory there. I mean, that's still a 12-point win at home. The Miami Heat really protecting that home court. And their uniforms are a little different, aren't they? A little different, a little different now. And it's kind of weird. <laughs> the Heat are a team a lot of us kind of stopped watching because it's not the same, but they, they're quietly pretty good out there. And heck, I even picked them to be the, uh, well, the rising team in the Western Conference this year, and they really were. They went up with the third seed. Strong season overall for the Miami Hessians, and uh, they are whooping on those Hornets so far. They might win this in five, and I, I had the Hornets winning in six. Shame on me. Mm. The Heat are going to win that series in like five, the way it's going. I don't know what's up with the Hornets in the playoffs. The Hornets slash Bobcats. I don't understand it. Another team that does not play well in the playoffs is the Toronto Raptors. They are the number two seed 
A very strong team in the Eastern Conference all season. They almost cut the Cavaliers, for cripes sake. Cripes, I didn't swear. <laughs> and when you see the Pacers beat them by 10 in Game 1 at home, I don't know. I mean, I was like, wow, this is some BS right here, man. I mean, come on, Toronto. Do you ever perform in the playoffs? Like, one time they got to the second round, and it was pretty nice. But then but then they got beat pretty soundly by the freaking Nets. Oh, goody. This was years ago when the Nets went to the finals. Can't watch that team. I hate the Nets. God. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry, uh, Russell out there. Um, the Nets will improve and I'll like them more. But I mean, at the time, I mean, there there's a lot of times I didn't like that. I, I just didn't like certain players. I, I, I never liked Jason Kidd that much. I don't know. But I mean, I'm pickier. I never liked Vince Carter. And I know everybody's going to hate me for that one. Because it was, there's always certain players out there that are cult heroes and you can't say anything bad about like Allen Iverson, which again, another guy I wasn't a fan of. Just, I don't know. He's a ball hog. And Vince Carter was kind of a show-off. I, I just wasn't a fan of him. Uh, it seemed like he was more about the limelight than about winning. Uh, I think both of them were, but that's me getting off track again. Uh, nice, strong performance in game number two. Toronto doing what they do best, play nice defense and playing clutch. 98-87, much stronger performance. Paul George has been phenomenal for the Pacers so far. Pretty much the whole season and was excellent during this game. But ultimately, the Pacers not winners in this one, I don't know what is going on with this damn thing. And that's what happens when you have such a weak Wi-Fi connection as well. I don't know what is going on. It's driving me crazy, but I'll leave it alone. Ultimately, a nice, strong performance. And I love that backcourt. Kyle Lowry and Mr. DeMar DeRozan. I mean, that's a dream backcourt for me. And I know some of you might think, oh, that's your dream backcourt. Yeah. Yeah. You have a nice even a point guard that's extremely talented and plays aggressively. Uh, plays good defense and, and hits big shots, gets to the free throw. And he didn't even play very well in the game, and he still won up with an, almost a near triple-double, and he made all 10 of his free throws in Kyle Lowry. Even DeRozan, very quiet in the game. They had, to, they had to rely on Corey Joseph, Patrick Patterson, guys like that to help things. But, of course, Lowry down the stretch hitting the free throws helped as well. But then the, 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 Mr. V over there at center for Toronto, Mr. Vavavavavava, helped the... <laughs> Toronto Raptors win. I'm not even going to attempt it. I mean, I I knew it before, but I don't have it now, and it just is what it is. Uh, it just is what it is there, and I apologize. Some of you are probably are ripping me right now. Uh, well, I can't believe the Rockets stayed within nine points in game number two after getting throttled. Classic Warriors game, 104-78. Rockets didn't even show up in game one. Game two, they kind of showed up, and it was nice. Game one, unreviewable. Can't talk about it. I just don't care. You know, that type of thing. Rockets did show up and had a decent game, but the Warriors pulled away down the stretch, and it is what it is. Uh, Harden had a nice performance, but ultimately, well, it was all for naught in the in the grand scheme of things. Uh, Beasley with 10 points off the bench. That's kind of cool if you care about Michael Beasley. Klay uh, Thompson really stepped up in Steph Curry's stead. That's another reason why the Rockets were closer, but then again, the Rockets scored points. That's the difference. I mean, Curry's defense is not good. You know, it's really not. But Clay Thompson stepped up anyway, and that's what shows you how dangerous this team is. Because remember, Steph Curry didn't even win the MVP for the series last year. Didn't even get it. It was Andre Iguodala. So the role players really keep the Warriors uh, afloat. And they're a huge reason why they won that championship last year. Because they're really good role players. Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala, and of course, uh, <clears throat> Clay Thompson, the other splash brother, the other star on the team, Really stepped up in a big way, uh, ultimately. But the Warriors, uh, those role players will kill you, boy. I mean, and, and Bogut over there, one of my favorite guys out there. Love him. He's so cool. He he reminds you know what Bogut makes me think about. You know, and 
please don't take this the wrong way, but that mean it reminds me of like if Vince Germano was in the NBA. I mean that's that's Bogut right there. Vince Germano would be uh, Andrew Bogut. <laughs> I, I hope he doesn't take it the wrong way. I mean, yeah, Vince Germano would be Andrew Bogut. I could see him as a center, kind of a cool guy out there like that. Hank would be like Hank would be like Deladova. <laughs> yep, yeah, I think Hank would be Deladova. I don't know. I could just see that would be cool. <laughs> He's probably like, shut up, Joey, shut up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he'd be feisty out there, and he'd hit some threes. You know, I, I could see Hank like that. I, I could see it. And again, I don't know how you're going to take that. Maybe I should just leave it alone. Come on, Portland. Come on. You can't. This is getting annoying. Like Detroit couldn't get couldn't get one on Cleveland. Boston couldn't get one on uh, the Hawks. And Portland hasn't gotten one on the Clippers. The Clippers are really stepping up here. Ugh, what the hell? They beat them by twenty in the first game and twenty one in the second game. One, one fifteen ninety five game one one hundred two eighty one in game two. Sorry, game one was the first one. One fifteen. You get the idea. Chris Paul really stepping up, hitting big shots. DeAndre Jordan aggressive all over the place. But Chris Paul just playing like an MVP right now. He's, he's playing better than Curry. I mean, he's having a phenomenal first couple of games here against the Jailblazers. And the Jailblazers are playing like they're locked up. I mean, 6 of 22 for Lillard. 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 McCollum, 6 of 17. And this is game two. You know, you think you'd get a better performance out of these guys. Alvarez Camino. That guy sucks. I mean, he sucks. You see him shoot the ball, it's like, for God's sake, what the hell was that? I mean, what what the hell? I mean, he's like, I don't know what he's shooting at. If he's seeing ghosts or something and he's shooting at the ghosts in imaginary hoop. I mean, he sucks. I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of who he reminds me of with the Timberwolves over the years. Maybe Beasley sometimes. <laughs> Beasley was out of control like that. Uh, who is he reminding me of? Damn it. Because there's players I could name. There are so many players I could name. And of course, I'm blanking. I'm exhausted from, like, uh, information overload in the first uh, segment. And, yeah, I can't get to it. Damn it. It'll it'll maybe pop up in a minute here. But there are so many guys. Uh, Gerald Glass was one who was all over the place. Guys like that over the course of time. Uh, Marlon Maxey was one, but that's too far back. None of you know who the hell that is. Thunder crushing. Thunder thunder striking the uh, Dallas Mavericks in Game 1. 108-70, the worst First of the worst game of the whole playoffs so far. 108 to 70. Matt Dallas didn't show up. But the next game, Dallas has climbed down to the defense and the war and the Warriors. I can always call the Thunder the Warriors, and I don't know what the hell's up with that. But I suppose the Warriors used to have a thunderbolt on their logo years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Before they went back to the a semi-retro, like a modern retro look. Um could not get a tip in at the end at Mr. Adams there. Could not finish the job for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Could not get the tip in. The Mavericks end up winning the game 85-84. And a nice, aggressive performance. Raymond Felton, remembering how to play basketball a little bit. Getting a double-double. And it wasn't for assists. He got 11 rebounds in the game. Raymond Felton, showing some effort out there. Hitting half of his shots, leading the way. Dirk Nowitzki hitting some clutch shots down the stretch. Even Darren Williams eh, was just average, mediocre. Doesn't do anything for me, actually, to be quite honest. Just kind of a, an overall team effort by the Mavericks. A nice defense, and the Thunder struggled the whole game. They were thunderstruck in this one. I mean, 33 shot attempts by Kevin Durant, and 22 by Westbrook, and they hit. <laughs> they 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 shot 55 shots and made 15 of them. I mean, that's the game right there. I mean, the hell with the, the hell the hell with anything else to say. What else is there to say? There's nothing to say. Adams just couldn't get the tip in. That's all Adams' fault. It, it's not that Durant couldn't hit the broadside of a barn or Westbrook couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. It's just that damn Adams couldn't make his shot at the end. 
That's all. Yeah, that's about all there is to say about that. So there's your first round. Dallas and Oklahoma tied. And, oh, yeah, San Antonio, Memphis. Sheesh. Is this even reviewable? Well, the future Wolves coach. No, not the future Wolves coach, I guess. No. Uh, Dave Yeager. I don't know what's going to happen with him. Maybe he could go to the Lakers. I mean, maybe. Maybe the Lakers are waiting on that. If the Lakers stick with Byron Scott, gosh, I, I, I'm I'm not happy about that. And doing a show called Showtime and T-Wolves, I kind of like to see the Lakers succeed a little bit. It might help that show. And it's more fun to talk about uh, to talk about the Lakers with Vince Germano if they're like, you know, if they're a decent team rather than the depressing season they had outside of the final game of the year. I mean, it was a very frustrating season for the Lakers. And I feel for Vince and... You know, I, I don't hate the Lakers anymore. <laughs> you hated them when they were winning like three championships in a row, but because you wanted to beat them, basically. Like the Warriors, I want to beat them. Years ago, I thought the Warriors were kind of fun to watch, and they started to get, yeah, they started to get the way they are. Uh, before they started winning championships, they started to get a little bit happy with themselves, and it got kind of annoying. Uh, unreviewable games here. I mean, 106-74, 94-68, the Spurs just miles ahead of this uh broken down, beat up Memphis team and this is Hank's club and they're they're, they're very injured. They're very injured and that's about it. I mean, they're screwed. Um, I, I feel bad for him. See, this is Hank's club like I was talking about with the Lakers. There's no way they can compete with the uh, the Spurs at this stage. Uh, Zach Randolph always struggled against the Spurs in the past too, except for that one year when the Memphis Grizzlies took him out in the first round. A huge shocker. Um, but uh, uh Ever since, basically, they've been put the clamps down on Randolph, and he's kind of by himself out there. Huge struggle for the Grizzlies at this stage. Just like there's nobody able to step up at this at this point, and the Spurs so deep. <sighs> Jordan Farmer, if he's your point guard at this time, I mean, you're not going to beat the Spurs. There's just nothing. <laughs> the Spurs are healthy and, and rolling, and they're so deep that guys get to rest. Kevin Martin even performing for the Spurs now. It's like you almost forgot he was there because they weren't even using him at all. Uh, but the Spurs playing some nice, sound basketball out there. And uh, rolling to victory. 30-point victories back-to-back here for the Spurs. So there you go. They're going to make nice competition for the Warriors later on. If the Warriors continue to get banged up, like Curry, his ankle, I'm telling you. That's what tells me the Warriors are not going to last forever. Because Curry had issues with his ankles early in his career. And by the time he's 32, 33, 34, do you think he's going to be as quick as he is now? As Vince Giovanna would say, father time is undefeated. Um, 34 is 33, 32 is not ancient, but you're not going to be as fast. And if you're relying on that as much as you are, he's not going to be as quick. He'll still be able to hit spot up threes until he's 40. Damn it. That's the crappy part, but it won't be the same. It just won't. And that's a fact. It doesn't matter who you are. Any type of injuries. I mean, I could tell you with my ankles and mowing lawns and stuff. I'm not the same guy I was when I was 25. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Not even close. So it is what it is. Father time is undefeated. So with that, let's talk to Vince Germano, Hank McCoy, Tanae Brown, Joe Phillips, guys out there in Australia and such on the Facebook page and Twitter right after this. Segment number three, fan interaction. Ready to rock and roll with that. First of all, I want to give a quick shout out to Flips Army. Really like that Facebook page. Uh, go there, click a like and comment on there. And <laughs> just give them a quick shout out because I, 
I post my show on their page, so I figure I better try to help them get some likes as well, as long as they're not deleting my posts. And they haven't been, so thank you very much. Marlena, I believe she is the... I've never officially heard, but I'm pretty sure she's the creator and administrator of that page. Marlena Miles out there, who's a pretty good artist out there, a great artist, actually, out there in in digital artistry and also with pencil and so many other things as well. Uh, Also, like you to join the Facebook page for Timberwolves Explosion as well. That'd be nice. It could use some love, some likes. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion. Facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion. Click a like, comment on there. Really miss uh, Aussie Wolf. Want to give him a shout out quick. Nigel Southern. He was like the George Washington of all the Australian, uh, all the all, uh, the Australian listeners and such, and posters. The guy, first guy to really get involved on the Facebook page years ago. Miss him. Haven't heard from him in a long time. Hope all is well and he's still listening. Lucas Quill as well. I I know he listens from South Dakota. He said he listens regularly. Sometimes he gets behind, you know, and then catches up, which I've done on podcasts in the past, uh, especially some of those retro gaming ones. Like, I only, I only like retro games, so I listen to a lot of old, like, Atari, Super Nintendo, stuff like that. So, yeah, you, you slowly catch up sometimes. Maybe with this one, you don't get as far behind as I do in those. Uh, but you get the idea. Lucas Quill, though, out of South Dakota. Missed you. Hope all is going well. Know, know that I'm still thinking about you. You're on Timberwolves Explosion. So, thanks again. Uh, leave or pick up where we left off on the Facebook page. Uh, a couple of likes on there. No comments. So, thank you very much for those of you, Vince and 10A and others. Uh, who was it? Vince today and Joe Phillips. Thanks, guys. You guys are like studs for this page, without a doubt. Uh, and I was like, rut row, because the Wolves were going to interview Mark Jackson, which, again, started some commenting. Why did that... Why did Hank's post get... That's... Who hid it? I didn't hide it, or did he hide it? Who knows? Uh, Hank was saying, no! And somebody hid it, and it wasn't me, Hank. I promise. I promise. You may not believe me, but I did not hide it. I didn't do it. I don't know who did it. Uh, Tanae out of New Zealand says, I'm done if this happens. Vince saying, knock it off, you blokes. It would be a great get. <laughs> I think he's a, I think he's a good coach, but uh, Tibbs is better, and I know you want the Wolves. To, I know you, uh, Vince, wanted the Wolves to get Tibbs. Maybe Mark Jackson could be a good Lakers coach. Now, I tried to do a poll, but I, I don't know why. I mean, talk about flogs or whatever you want to say in Australia, but... Why Why do I have to pay for this? This stupid Facebook. I, I can't even show anything. I can't even look at what you guys voted for without paying like $8 a month to get polls on here. I don't know how other people have it on their page. If you can help me on that. If somebody, Because I know Flip's Army has it on there. Do they pay $8 a month? I doubt it. But yeah, I think this is some extra thing. and It's bullcrap that I can't uh, get this. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know. What the, what's the deal? So I put you decide. I put this instead. You decide who should be the next president of basketball and who should be a coach if it's a different person. So Vince Germano says Tibbs is coach and Jeff Gunny is the GM slash president of basketball operations. They're, gra- they're great friends and would that would hopefully make for a great working relationship. I have full confidence they'd add the necessary pieces and get the job done. And I agree. That's my dream matchup right there. That would have been my dream scenario. Jeff Gunny president in Thibodeau the uh, coach, but uh, ultimately, maybe just they well for one, it would be expensive. Two, they probably don't want to screw up their relationship. Three, Thibodeau wanted to probably be the president, that type of thing. It's just what it is, uh, unfortunately. Uh, Vince saying, I think Van Gundy at this stage would all would prefer the GM role, and I agree on that too. I think he gets stressed out out there. I uh, just remember he didn't say he wasn't. Uh, did he say he was burnt out from a final season? He's Houston. Not saying he can't coach anymore. I'd hire him in a heartbeat. 
but maybe the GM role suits him more because there's not as much travel and the day-to-day stress of a coach. Yeah, and, uh, well, he was burnt out a bit from Steve Francis and such. He was mostly Francis over there in uh, in um, Houston, just taking stupid shots. Drive you crazy. I saw him, like, ruin games down the stretch, just taking dumb shots that ended up costing the Rockets down the stretch. I remember what he did. It was just unbelievable. I remember seeing... Uh, uh, Jeff Van Gundy literally scratching his head, walking off the court, held in it, just looking up at the sky like, I can't believe what I just saw, that type of thing. That tells you he was really frustrated with Steve Francis and disenfranchised with Steve Francis, I'm sure. Okay, and I put Tom Thibodeau close to agreeing as the alerts started to pop up yesterday. It's like you knew something was going to come soon. It was just quiet at the time, close to uh, five-year 50 million, which ultimately five-year 40. The other 10 goes to Mr. Layden there. Uh, to be to rules coach and president of basketball operations, Mark Stein of ESPN. Tanae Brown saying 12 years not making the playoffs. I'm quietly optimistic next year could be the year, but the Wolves fan in me still worries. And he's showing, um, can you picture the Wolves getting shots like this? Ball movement, there you go. Do check that out. Indeed, he won a championship as an assistant coach. Yep, ultimately in the past. In that case, do check that out. Worthwhile for sure. And Tom Thibodeau chosen to be Wolves coach and lots of likes and some followers. I said, it's done. Hank McCoy saying, congrats, mate. Really happy for you and the franchise. Thank you very much. Gavin Sylvie saying, until Wiggins and Cat explode from playing 46 minutes a game. Ah, but from a Bulls fan, I hope he's learnt to rotate players. And Vince saying, I think that's blown way out of proportion. And Brett Walters, there you go. I haven't seen him in a while. And welcome, welcome back. And there's another guy right there that... Uh, I missed, you know, I missed, yep, he's a local guy here in the Twin Cities. Thank you much for, for uh, still being around and posting. He says, this is a coach who implements a real offense and knows how to get the most out of his players defensively. Cat, Andrew, and Zach will make will make leaps next year, and I'm excited about what the rest of the roster will look like. I say everyone else should be available. This is what my head says, even though my heart says Shabazz, though. Are there any former Tibbs guys that could help us out? Noah, perhaps? And there's rumors about Joe Kim Noah coming to the Wolves. Not sure how their relationship was in the past. It could be good, might not be. Uh, it's hard to say. Ultimately, uh... <laughs> Tom Thibodeau in his Wolves uniform back... Or not Wolves uniform, Wolves jacket back in... And it's a starter jacket, baby, back in 89... Assistant coach for the Wolves. Looks like uh, a mix of Jerry Seinfeld, Dino Cicerelli, who was a North Star, Cam Neely. I think I said, yeah, I did say it much earlier at the beginning there. Very cool picture. Um, really like the jacket, too. And I said, who the heck is this guy? Looks like Dino Cicerelli. And then Vince saying Tibbs. And Tanae saying, I believe we call him coach now. And Vince was agreeing that he looks like Jerry Seinfeld. Yep, and I agree. Um, and I've been calling him... Thibodeau. I can't believe I'm calling him Thibodeau. It's Thibodeau. And that was the official pronunciation. I heard that on Dan Barrero yesterday. Tibbs is correct and Thibodeau is correct. Tom Thibodeau, the coach of the Wolves, already read the statement. I posted that on there. No comments as of yet from the guys over there. So let's look into the visitor posts. And this could be interesting for a little while. So that one's already done. And... Nope. Ah, I hate when I get stuck behind like this. Okay, uh, Joe Phillips saying, nope, that one's not right. I, I got lost here. I apologize. Okay, here we go. Hank McCoy saying, personally, I like the ideas of Tibbs 
having more control. There will be a little transition period because the team will have to play defense properly to get ready to knock down, to get ready to lock down uh, D if you enjoy, if you hire Tom. God, I'm losing my mind. Other potential bonuses will be Tibbs and KG go way back to Boston and the 2008 chip, not, not 2009. Uh, he says, when was the last time the Wolves had a coach like an influence free agency? Forget Van Gundy, I never rated him. Thoughts? So he never liked Van Gundy. Hmm. And I, I, I remember there was an old post in there too where he kind of went back and forth, had a little fun. Um, and he posted, yep, Hank posted that uh, Tom Thibodeau wants to be complete control. He posted that from uh, Real GM. Hank McCoy saying, would love to see the Wolves hire Tibbs. Could lead to some ex-Chicago players making the move. Would love to see Joachim Noah playing next to the talent on the squad. And maybe Joachim Noah could kind of fill the role that some people hope Garnett would. Maybe kind of an off-the-bench guy who can really help the team uh, with some energy, some defense and such. Maybe he could come here. Uh, hopefully a semi-reasonable contract. Uh, Gavin Sylvie says no free agents are coming to Minnesota regardless, and no free agents are coming to get burnt out by Tibbs. I'm a Bulls fan, and he's a great coach. Lucky those Wolves got young legs. So he's afraid that uh, Tibbs is going to burn them out, even though he's still a great coach. No free agents, though? I mean, I think we're going to get somebody. You get to play alongside Cat and, and Wiggins. We'll get somebody. Um... I'm not going to speculate on who would come at this stage. Maybe Joe Kim Noah, maybe not. I don't know really truly what their relationship was in Chicago. I'm not I'm not learned on that at this moment because I've kind of been stuck on this team doing the podcast. Uh, Tene Brown says, may uh, these MPGs seem fine, meaning minutes per game. Maybe Paul, like Paul Gasol, were, maybe Paul's were too much for his age. But Jimmy Butler did say he wanted to play more. I'm just reading stats, though. I can't say I watched their games. Ha ha. Hank McCoy saying, young and exciting team looking to turn the corner. Great coach. What's not to like? What's not to like? Free agents will give it time. Yeah, uh, free agents will see. Uh, ultimately, we'll get well who we need, I hope, when times come. This keeps going for a little while. Vince saying, in my opinion, I think Tibbs would learn from the whole minutes issue. Better coach second time around, I reckon. And I hope so. I really hope so. Luke Williams, Luke Will, saying, no coach should have more power. Coach the team and let the GM put together a team. And Vince saying, times are changing. Luke says, yeah, has worked well for others who have tried. <laughs> Doc's doing okay. Uh, yeah, Vince is saying, Doc's doing okay. Luke disagree, disagreeing there. And Vince wrapping it up saying, you're going to see Ed Moore stand doing a good job in Detroit. And I, I agree, especially with the Detroit part there, ultimately. And yeah, times are changing. If you're like a big name coach, I suppose that's just how it goes. Yeah, um, Doc's doing all right, and the Clippers are doing better now. I mean, they're getting better now. Um, will they ever get to the conference finals? They've never been there in the franchise history. Will they finally get there? We'll see. But uh, that is the wrap-up for the Facebook page. Lots lots of Back and forth going on there. Whew, my mind's getting exhausted. I don't know why I'm so, ah, it's like I'm all blah right now. <laughs> I don't know what the deal is. So good timing to probably wrap this thing up pretty soon here. Twitter, at Wolves Explosion. At Wolves Explosion is how you get on board this one. Notifications. Well, mo- yep, Hank and, not Hank, uh, Vince. Yeah, Hank too, damn it. No, Hank, uh, Vince and Tanae retweeting the most recent show. And thank you very, very much. God bless you guys. And Vince was also tweeting out that Thibodeau reported looking for full control. Yes, sir. 
Uh, where was it? Where was it? Uh, somebody wrote something. Oh, oh, I thought it was Carl Anthony Towns saying Timberwolves explosion. I'd be shocked. Carl Anthony Towns is saying, this is retweeted by a lot of people and it came my direction. He says, I just want to thank the Timberwolves and everyone, especially all the fans for making this season so special for me. Love you all. Hashtag cat. So thank you, Carl Anthony Towns. Wouldn't that be cool if that was coming my way? <laughs> Man, that'd be awesome. That'd be freaking awesome, wouldn't it? Yes. Uh, so Vince posted that one, got some new followers, and thank you very much to those of you that have. Some are real, some are not really. Uh, Andre, Andre out there followed, that's good. He's kind of been in and out, and he uh, liked my tweets, uh, Tom Thibodeau finalizing the deal. Jeff Johnson, yep, retweeting what I retweeted. I like that. And there you go, a couple other likes out there as well. Oh, Jeff Johnson, I, I, I know who that is from, uh, yeah, there you go. I wonder if he listens to the show. Jeff Johnson out of, because I remember he checked it. He was saying he was going to check it out. I wonder if he did, ultimately, on the the Flips Army. And I believe he was on Wolves Nation as well. Uh, so there you go. Thank you guys so much for your listenership, for your loyalty to this show. Those of you that, if you can, give a nice positive review on iTunes, Stitcher, or yeah, iTunes or Stitcher would be greatly appreciated. Nice positive review. Say what you like about the show. You could even say what you'd like to have improved. It would be... Uh, it's always appreciated as long as you give a good rating. It makes it more attractive against all the weeds that have risen up over the past couple couple years here. Some come, some go, that type of thing. But Timberwolves Explosion is the oak tree that's been around since 2008. So I've been around the longest regardless of how certain people may laugh at, oh, he does a podcast. Somehow that, that he, he thinks somehow that makes him knowledgeable about basketball. Well, <laughs> I was knowledgeable about basketball before I started the podcast. Ooh, did I say that? Yep, I said it. So there you go. Thank you guys so much for your loyalty. Those that do appreciate the show, God bless you. Thank you for the retweets, the likes, the shares. God bless you. It really does mean a lot. It does. Every single one of you means everything to me. And if you could tell a friend about the show, it's also greatly appreciated. Only helps the show grow again, again, uh, amongst all the weeds out there that keep popping up, popping up, going down, popping up, going down. So... It just is what it is. Timberwolves Explosion is always going to be here. As long as I'm breathing and able to talk, I'm going to do Timberwolves Explosion. <laughs> Unless I'm legally, like, not allowed to, which I pray would never happen. That would be really bullcrap if it did. I'm sure some of you would miss this show, wouldn't you? Some of you would. Some of you. <laughs> Thanks again, though. I've said that a lot, and I mean it a lot. We'll be back talking to Wolves basketball again soon. Would have liked to have this show out after... A press conference, would like to hear from Thibodeau, like, just see what he's like in the press conference, see the feeling, the vibe, all that. I always like to do these shows after, when, when you hire a, a new guy like Flip Saunders, stuff like that, as the new as the new president of basketball. It's more fun. That might be why I, it's like I'm fishing for more information, and I, I want more, more of a vibe, and I, I don't have it right now because there's the no press conference. You get more of a vibe from everything, and it's like, that's what's missing right now, and it's driving me insane. That might be why I seem a little bit funky here and there. I'm trying not to be, but this show had to get out because, well, the story's brand new. Uh, obviously, there's that, but it's not just about rushing a show out, and I'm not really meaning to rush anything. It's also the fact that my availability is not good. Uh, there's a reason I'm able to record today, because, look, because it's dark. <laughs> it's dark and raining out there. Tomorrow, the sun's going to be shining, and, well, damn it, I won't be able to record probably because of that. So, there you go. I have to work. So, there it is. Thanks again for listening. God bless you, and we'll be back sooner rather than later.